The following presentation is part of the Beyond the Blast Doors network. What is going on, Bombad fam? It's your boy, Scotty Jaro. Jaro Jaro? However you say it. I'm super excited to be here. And yes, it's not just going to be me this time. I got a, a friend joining us, a very, very well-known friend of the Bombad cast. You've actually seen him in my reaction videos before. So we'll get to him in a second. But I got to say a couple things. Very happy to be here. I'm very happy you can join us. We've got some great people in the chat already. We've got Matthew. We've got Holla Chronicles. I'm... I, just thankful to these people. And speaking of Holo Chronicles, we're part of the Beyond the Blast Doors Network. Super excited to say that because I am just so thankful for these next five things, including myself and Jerry. Um, Monday, if you like Star Wars and Star Wars collecting in particular, collectibles, anything dealing with that, you got to check out Holo Chronicles. They are some of the best in the business. They know their stuff. Tuesday, if you enjoy Really good one-on-one in-depth interviews with content creators, people that are involved with the Star Wars community, anything around that area, you got to check out Pete Fletcher's Around the Galaxy. Good stuff. Really good stuff. If you also like news every week, we got me, Arzu, David, talking to Beyond the Blast Wars Live, all about all the news showing up right now in the Star Wars realm. Of course, Thursday, me and Jerry will definitely be here to guide you into the wonderful discussions that we will have, of course, on any and every Star Wars topic. And Friday, if you really like the network and you want to come and talk, voice your opinion, by all means, a lot of people in the chat do it, okay? It's called Force Force Connect. You can come and you can hang out and it's really fun and you pretty much get a chance to talk with us one-on-one, voice your Star Wars ideas. It's great. I think tomorrow's trivia night, so look forward to it. So, you can find everything here at beyondtheblastwars.com, all the articles, write-ups, and reviews done by people in the network, okay? And be sure to, you know, if you really like us, go to Patreon. Support our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash beyondtheblastwars. So with all that being said, I'm going to bring in my guest. My guest is a great, great friend of mine. We've done so many Star Wars things together. You have probably could recognize him from... The amazing uh, uh, earnings call reaction video. Yes, this is the person I was on the phone with that day. And I and I looked at him. I'm sorry. I couldn't look at him technically. We were on the phone together. And it was the next day. And I said, Eric, I said, is it bad that I, that I would consider what we experienced yesterday one of the greatest days of my life? And he said, what? Let's bring in Eric. What did he say? Dude, no worries. It was the best day of my life that year. <laughs> Yes. So when they when they announced all that stuff, man, uh, Eric was there to enjoy it with me. Eric, how you doing tonight, bud? Dude, I'm doing great. I'm uh, really honored to be in the virtual presence of a certified daddy. Uh, I don't know if he's exactly in the chat, but uh, shout out to Pete. Uh, mad respect. 
Oh, uh, total mad respect, especially who it's from. Stay, stay bombad. Yeah, I, I oh. was texting you a lot when that happened because I watched <laughs> it live. And uh, oh. he did a good job. He did a good job. He handled it. You know, I don't know what I would have done in that moment. We've got some great people in the chat currently. We've got Apprentice Ewok, JD Sleesman, Nick Milky. We got actually probably at some point my future mother-in-law, Miss Jody. We've also got Michael All Remaining Systems, Apprentice Ewok. This is just great. I'm glad to have all of you here. I don't know if a lot of you are aware of what we're talking about today. And Eric, funny enough, is not aware at all, which makes this really, really interesting. But one thing, before we get into the main discussion, I've got some cool things to show everyone. Uh, this was actually made, I believe, by Matthew. It's a Miami Vice. It's like a quickly, I like how it's edited. It's, it's me as my, in my white, uh, obviously my white uh, members only jacket and jerry we are miami vicing it up big time um some other things that i actually made check this out eric you're gonna love this <laughs> dude dude you in dude <laughs> why donkey kong let's talk about uh real quick uh <laughs> David Wise. We yeah. need David Wise on a Star War right oh, now. Dude, could you imagine anyone that plays, of course, the classic Donkey Kong Country series? <laughs> you are aware. <laughs> you are aware of David Wise. He is a legend, and I just, I just, just how it goes. <laughs> every time Eric laughs. Oh, it's great. Oh man, we're already off to a great start. Um, so maybe we'll get David Wise on something one day. It's got to be atmospheric. Oh, uh, it'd be so sick. So what we're talking about, all right, which is a cool subject. Eric actually knows nothing about it, which makes me even more excited to talk about it. We're talking about the one and only uh, Lee Brackett outline, or I guess a uh, screenplay that she had written, apparently with George at one point back in 1978, okay? It was titled Star Wars Sequel. And for many of you that don't know who Lee Brackett is, well, Lee Brackett was a space opera writer that's the title that she was given and she wrote really big science fiction books now the reason i'm telling you all of this is because most people don't realize it and obviously a really cool fact is that one of her like i guess uh proteges was actually the amazing ray bradbury so like a lot of those books you study in middle school they were all inspired by the works of lee brackett i mean 1948 you, you name it, I'm sure she had her hand in it somehow. And to think she almost had her hand in Star Wars is crazy. But the craziest part is it's not, I think, to think. She actually did. Because when we go through a good bit of this screenplay, which I have right here. Thank you, Diocese of Baton Rouge, for helping me print this out. I used, I used the school <laughs> printer to, to get it printed out. But, um, yeah, so uh, I'm a... Uh, I, I printed through it. I read a lot of this stuff, and uh, it is wild. So before I uh, before we really go into it, um, I got to give a big shout out. Uh, Rick Villanueva kind of helped me out with this. A couple of podcasts helped me kind of study this. You know, when I couldn't read it, so I was like driving, listening to it. Blast points, huge shout out to them. I owe them a lot of credit. They kind of helped better explain this to me, honestly. And um, a podcast I've never listened to before, it's called Force Material. And they're actually pretty good. There were two British guys and they really, really, like an hour and 40 um, long minute 
hour and 40 minute long uh, breakdown of this. And it really kind of helped me understand the flow of it better than actually reading it. I'm more of an audio guy anyway. But um, Eric, do you know anything about this at all? Like anything? No, I didn't even know she was a woman until today. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, she is a lady, awesome. which is kind of crazy because back then, I mean, I don't know. you. There, yes, there were female writers, obviously. But in terms of writing a Star Wars, I mean, that's that's already kind of groundbreaking as it is if, you, if we're lucky enough to get a, a, a lady to write a, a Star Wars movie. I mean, maybe one day we'll get that lucky, but she was the first to really do it. So I'm... Um, I'm kind of excited to break it down. Now, the script itself is really interesting. Um, Eric and I have read a, a good bit of scripts together. Uh, we've talked a lot about the Phantom Menace script, kind of read through it a couple times, and I actually gave Eric a gift for Christmas. It was the Phantom Menace script. So I I enjoy reading scripts, but this one was really weird, okay? So her involvement, Eric, just to kind of teach you, a lot of what this is going to be is going to be me teaching Eric. And of course, our audience. Now, anyone watching right now, if you've read it, please like voice it in the chat. Or if you know a little bit about it, voice in the chat. I want to see who is aware of it because I'm about to bestow some really good knowledge on you. So, Eric, big question. The thing that it comes down to is the fact that George and Lee Brackett actually went on like a 10-day writing um, like session. They went on like a writing retreat. So, they wrote this together. A lot of it, I think, was more so her. But the crazy thing, Eric, was after she was finished writing it, she finished it. Uh, it has the exact date. February 17th, 1978. She died a month later. Oh, wow. She, she never got to see the final product. How weird is that? Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that either. So she never got to see the uh, the the finished product at all. And a lot of it's really cool. This is a, this is an actual like digital transcript of it. I didn't want to actually print out the full script. Like they have an actual scan of the script. Now I think it's legitimate. Other sites have said it's legitimate, but the weirdest thing about it is, is that it's got George's handwriting on it too. So like where he redacted stuff and where she added her own stuff is all mentioned in here. It's all typed up obviously on a typewriter, but um, the weirdest thing was, this is before Kazan got any involvement in it, okay? Wow. Any involvement. And you know, Kazan has a very particular writing style. He writes Han probably the best, whereas Han in this, not so good. Now, before we kind of go into details, Eric, you have any questions about it before we even go into it? Um, does Qui-Gon Jinn show up in any part? <laughs> no, fortunately. But there is a one thing that you're going to love when we get to it because it's – it's Phantom Menace, and it's really weird because I wonder if it was on George's mind even back then. If you don't know it, Eric and I are like the, I would say we're like the, uh, <laughs> I would say we're the spokespeople for the Phantom Menace in like every way possible, but that's just me. <laughs> for that's his weird. birthday, for this birthday this year, we uh, we got together, we had a, uh, we were outside, we had a, uh, <laughs> we had a uh, projector on, we watched the Phantom Menace DVD. <laughs> For his 25th birthday, no, 26th birthday. 26, yeah, we watched Phantom Menace about three or four times in the span of 2020. And, and the craziest part about it was every other like big scene, we'd pause it and talk about it. So, yeah, Eric, Eric, you're gonna, there's one part you're gonna get a kick out of it. Um, so I'm gonna read from the script every now and then, I'm gonna kind of tell Eric some stuff. Um, I have, as of right now, I couldn't really finish. There is a lot in this book. I've got 35 interesting facts instead of 40. 
We'll see what we can pull out of our butts, though. Um, for everyone joining, I see a lot of y'all are saying, I have no idea. This is kind of exciting. Some people really have no idea about this. Much like you, Eric. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the prequels, so I, I have no idea. Wow. This is also pretty cool. It says right here, uh, Nick. Now, Nick, I think is well studied on. He says, the legend of the Lee Brackett draft is amazing. There are two other George drafts after LB before Kasdan got involved, I think. So he kind of refined it a little bit. And that, that is that is true. Um, the J.W. Rinsler book actually uh, – I'm sorry. Do you see? You just got – Yeah, I do. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> hey, kind of, it's, kind of, it's kind of relevant to the ice stuff, huh? It is. We'll yeah. talk about it. That's too. a transition right there. <laughs> well, last, last time Master Chief joined and he said, Hi, I'm new here, but now we've got we've got Ice Age baby. So Oh my God, Katie! Katie made the funniest comment one time. She says Dan Blazarian, the like poker player, like the millionaire. He said he looks like the Ice Age baby, and I can't <laughs> unpicture it. <laughs> oh my God! For anyone watching this live, you just—I <laughs> can't believe that just happened. Okay, so to kind of get back on this real quick, um, one thing to keep in mind too when reading it, I wonder if Ryan Johnson had gotten a hold of this and like read it. There's there is some really really cool stuff in here that reminds me a lot of TLJ that may have been intentional or may have been unintentional. And Ryan's you know Ryan writes he's he's very he's got a very deep thematic understanding of this stuff. But um, all the things I'm going to read to you do not feel left out. Okay, you can actually find this on a website called StarWars.com. If you want to read along with me, pull it up on your phone if you're watching this on your laptop or whatever. And you can read through it too. I'm going to read through some parts of the script. Other things I have written down because it's a little bit easier to talk about it that way. Um, in particular, we're going to go in chronological order. So hopefully I'm going to pop some uh, Lee Bracket cherries right now. <laughs> Eric, are you ready to have your mind blown? Absolutely. Let's go. Uh, fantastic. All right. So weirdly enough, there are some similar beats in all of this. But the weirdest things are like the space fantasy part of it. So it opens up at a rebel base. Now, this planet is not disclosed as anything. It's called the frozen planet. And um, the uh, obviously Echo Base, which we're so used to in the OT, is actually an ice castle. Okay? Actually an ice castle. So uh, it's described as an actual castle. Like, like picture... Uh, I can almost picture like Elsa's castle and frozen. So... Or is that, is that Elsa? Yeah. Elsa. Okay, yeah. So something like that. And they're writing what Han and Luke are writing, what we call snow lizards, okay? So don't know if this is George-inspired. The uh, It's very Flash Gordon already. Like, just feels really weird in space opera-y. Um, so we've got Han and Luke writing snow lizards, okay? Well, the same exact sequence of events occur, occur where um, essentially... Luke, which is really kind of funny, it reminds me a little bit of Ray. Luke is not intrigued by um, something off in the distance. Like I forgot what it was. What was it? Eric and Empire. He's does he see something crash? He said, "I think an asteroid just crashed." Pretty sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So in this, he sees, and I quote, 
like verbatim, he sees a pretty ice formation that he wants to go look at. But it it kind of reminds me of Ray a little bit. You know, that's kind of how Ray was being on Jakku for so long. So we've got we've got snow lizards, Han riding on it, and then of course Luke obviously goes and checks this thing out, and he ends up getting attacked by a snow beast. They don't really give it a name. Um, it's uh, obviously the Wampa. And after he gets attacked by this Wampa, um, of course, the same exact situation of events occurs. And Han, instead of saying, I'll see you in hell, he says this line, okay? This is a very weird line because it's a reference to God. And in Star Wars, we don't get references to God often. He says, Nobody, nobody's likely to find us in this forsaken hole. I doubt even God remembers where he hung this star. So kind of strange. I yeah. Mean, we don't we don't get that in Star Wars often, any sort of reference to, you know, common religions. It's even weird when uh in TLJ they said Godspeed. Yeah, that it's is strange. weird too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when when that guy is about to die, like Godspeed, rebels, and then he dies. That is mm-hmm. weird, huh? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Never thought about that. Hey, maybe Ryan read this and thought. We should include some God in this. He doesn't seem that kind of guy, but he, he might have. Um, of course, the the Han line, I'll see you in hell, is a very common line. So I guess this is a weird version of it. And how Lee Brackett writes Han is not bad, actually. It's pretty good, but it's nowhere near as good as how um, Lawrence Kasdan does it. Um, fact number three, we get, returned, we get the return of two commanders from the Yavin 4 base. We get Commander Willard and General Dodonna. So they are in the Frozen Planet's war room. Now, not that that means much to anyone, but it's kind of weird that they don't show up after A New Hope, right? I mean, they're like the people that Leia's going to meet. And it's that's the, you know, Dodonna's the one that, like, has the white hair and stuff. And um, he was in Rogue One, I'm pretty sure. So definitely will be in Cassian. So look out for him. Yeah, so they have the same exact setup. I mean, everything in terms of plot at this point is the exact same. So we get something really weird in this, though. I think something the sequel trilogy actually would have benefited from happens in this scene. There is a part where they go up to a table and they show the whole galaxy, okay? Now, the reason it's interesting is they show which side of the galaxy is pro-rebellion and which side of the galaxy is pro-Empire. And it's kind of like using a star map, and they're like pointing out certain areas. And the reason that it... Hold on, I'll read that in a second. I'll read that in a second. The, the, um... Damn it. What is this? anyone watching this is not the episode but i'm so thankful it's there i hope everyone in the chat sees this <laughs> tag a friend who also uses too many emoticons when they tag <laughs> uh, oh god thank you thank you high sage baby uh okay so it's kind of weird i think like i said a second ago I think you would agree, Eric. We missed out on a lot of the political nature of Star Wars and the sequel trilogy, right? Yeah, absolutely. That was a big thing that was missing, probably for our generation, for sure. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. For our generation in particular, right? We got a lot of that in uh, 
and obviously Attack of the Clones and, and the Phantom Men and Revenge of the Sith. Shit, all three of them. So here we are now, like, uh, and, and the OT did it pretty good, but like this straight up is a scene of them like showing like, okay, this, this is for who, and this is for who. So yeah. kind of weird, kind of weird. Now, this is where it takes a giant turn and there's no resolve to this. Eric, I think you'd find this interesting. So apparently in order for the rebellion to succeed, they have to get in touch with Han's stepfather. This is cool. Okay. So Han's stepfather slash mentor. So who comes to mind? Uh, Woody Harrelson. Yep. Beckett. Beckett comes to mind. Okay. And the name and everything's pretty interesting. So I wrote right here. Han is a very successful stepfather slash mentor, which I hate because I do hate that because it kind of makes Han and Eric and I went to private school. We know what it's like. That privileged kid that just wants to be a badass and you like it's like the it's like the worst thing ever. Those are like the worst kind of people. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Troy Henderson. <laughs> Joking. A friend of the show. Joking. So no, really, it's it's kind of I don't like that. It kind of makes Han seem like, you know, it's got things handed to him. Um, not only is he just successful, okay? It says in the script, Evan Markle is the most powerful man in the galaxy next to the Emperor and Darth Vader. <laughs> wow. So, like, really privileged. Like, probably the most privileged of them all. Um, this is the cool part. This is the a prequel thing I think you'd like. Not, not the big one I mentioned earlier. Okay. But he is in control of what they call the Transport Guild. It just sounds really pretty cool. Yes, it does. Sounds <laughs> TPM AF. Oh, really does. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about Han being a privileged kid who just kind of went rogue and wanted to be badass? Well, <clears throat> the fact that it's like not his actual father, I don't know. I, yeah. I feel like it gives it like some credence. Yeah. That it's like, um, you know, somebody he probably doesn't respect or whatever. That's um, true. That's, that's a very, good point. That's kind of Han. Um, um, in fact, it might be arguably more Han than him liking his mentor, you know. Ooh, good point. Ooh, damn. Okay, now you're challenging my way of thinking because I immediately thought I don't like that. Only because I don't know, I'm so used to the Han that's like work just wait till they get to the top. But it's also kind of an interesting thing that his stepdad maybe just stepped in and saved his mom, and there's a whole situation there. We haven't really heard much about Han's family and Maybe that no. we explore one day. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think that's like by, you know, by design. The last, the man's last name is Solo. Yeah. So like, at least in its original, uh, you know, creation, I'm sure that had a big thing to do with his character. Like, he's a loner, you know, mm -hmm. this kind of that. Um, yeah. Definitely. So this, this kind of, this ultimately does kind of contradict that whole entire character the movie so. yeah 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 <laughs> so this next part is really weird so we're so used to the battle of hoth kind of being like you know where the empire shows up and it's kind of like you know a uh, very intense uh what you would say like almost like a like a revolutionary war standoff or just like they're firing back and forth well that actually does not happen in this thing and Obviously, I got to reiterate, we are not on the planet Hoth. We're on a frozen planet. There is no name for this planet. Um, in this, the main conflict of the beginning movie, which 
ultimately leads Luke and Leia and Han, everyone to split off, is a scary, and I'll read what I wrote down. It is a scary scene where the Wampas are actually the ones that are like taking over the base. Since Luke like dismembered one of them, it's kind of like, and I know Eric's a big fan of this game, it's kind of like in Battlefront 2 2005, where you can play as the Wampas or the Rebels, right? Right. So that happens in this game. And there was a deleted scene where this happened as well. Um, but I'll read what I wrote. There's a scary hallway scene where R2 is chirping about something down a dark hallway. White on white. It feels like a horror film. This moment later builds to a horror scene where the main conflict on this frozen planet, there is an Imperial invasion as well. So the Empire does show up, but it's not quite as intense as you think it is. But nothing like we get in the actual movie. This snow monster feels like kind of like the uh, Battlefront 2 thing. Um, we get some Luke Saber action throughout this moment as well. And there is a moment where the snow beast break pipe. So they break these pipes on the uh, frozen planet and they freeze the people to death instantly. So like, you know, they would slash at a pipe, it would, water would shoot out and would freeze these people to death. And one of those victims, he's not dead, is C-3PO. <laughs> so the first half of this movie, C-3PO is frozen in ice. So just... Oh, wow. So just picture that it's 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 kind of a uh, strange and apparently it's like hyper violent. That's how it's described. Like there's dead bodies everywhere in this opening scene. And I'm thinking to myself, how would they pull this off in the 80s? It's very it's very weird. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's kind of the big um, like conflict of the beginning. Now, I'm going to kind of backtrack a little bit, Eric. <laughs> this is so weirdly Star Wars. Oh, shout out to Alex. I'm glad you're in here, bud. Um, fantastic. All the people watching. Great. I'm glad you're all joining in. Anyone uh, interested in this so far? Is this, is this piquing your interest? Cause this is a lot different than empire and like almost every way so far, uh, except for the locations. So Eric, our friend three PO for some reason, after Luke comes back, uh, he gets brought back and there's no scene where, where Han has to stuff him in a tauntaun that, that that's completely out of this version. Um, he comes back. There's no back to tank. He just gets healed back up. 3PO goes to hand Luke his lightsaber. And 3PO drops the lightsaber. And out pops a crystal. Oh, wow. Now, the weirdest thing is, it's not a kyber crystal. It's a called a, I think, some sort of location crystal. That'll lead Luke back to the place where he's supposed to be trained. Okay. So we got a lot to unpack right there. Kind of feels like the Force Awakens a little bit. You know, he needs to go back and meet this Jedi. So I think it's funny that C-3PO just dropped it. And it's ex what it says exactly is this crystal is a special map that leads to Luke, Luke to a bog planet where Luke's father was trained. So we're going to go to the place where Luke's dad was trained. Right? A bog planet. A so bog planet. Is this like early Dagobah? Yes, it is early Dagobah. Did you see the most recent comment? <laughs> is this real? I don't know. This is incredible. Oh, God, I love the comic relief of this. Oh, for anyone listening to this and not watching it live, 
Uh, Ice Age Baby commented, Scratch is at Scrat is at it again. Joining him on his epic quest to find the crystal nuts in the new Ice Age adventure. Ice Age Scratch Nutty Adventure is out on Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo Switch, and PC. Hashtag Ice Age. <laughs> Thank you, Ice Age Baby. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So I'm <laughs> I'm glad we have this comic relief. Oh, Jesus. Um, so, this is the part I think you'll dig. They go to a planet called Tonmun. So they, cu- they cut to this planet, all right? And this is this is a actual scene in this that is not in The Empire Strikes Back. It's pretty much Coruscant, which is really weird, okay? And um, Vader is looking for a hidden rebel base so he's looking for obviously the frozen planet and he's interrogating this alien and it's funny to hear this from vader but this is what vader says exactly he says this it it almost doesn't seem real because we know how vader is he says this line the coordinates man the coordinates so that's something you can enjoy just picturing vader like saying man that's like very easy rider. It it dude, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it doesn't feel Star Wars at all. So the weirdest thing about this characterization of Vader, and I don't know if Lee Brackett just didn't get it, but Vader also doesn't kill this person when he's done interrogating him. What he does is, and he says this exactly. Give it whatever it heart its heart desires, if it even has a heart. Okay. But tells, but he tells the guy to keep it under supervision until the coordinates are correct. So Vader is actually really, really chill in this. All right. Now this is where it gets really weird. This is where it kind of deviates from the plot from the original plot. Obviously Luke is talking to Ben randomly while he's recovering and the nurse keeps thinking he's hallucinating. So his woman's trying to like get him to snap out of it, but he's talking to Ben as if Ben's in the room with him. Now sounds a little TLJ right there. Especially with, you know, where um, Kylo's getting worked on the little thing mm-hmm. in TLJ. And he's like, yep, yep. Kind of has that moment. Really, really interesting. This happens throughout the script a lot, right? So <laughs> I'm going to find it real quick. There's a part in the script where it's like expositional dialogue, Eric. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've heard from our friend Kevin all about how to write actual exposition this is not the way to do it so at one part they're explaining vader is on his way to the frozen planet and he's explaining to someone how he got in this situation and word for word he explains the ending events of a new hope okay and yeah it's it's kind of classic like 70s you know like we didn't know we're making a sequel so let's talk about how this one ended Give me one second. For anyone enjoying, please make sure you like, share, subscribe, send this to some people. Um, I know this is kind of a rough outline of what this movie really is, but it saves you from reading it. it saves you from reading it. Uh, while you're looking for that, have you sure. shared on Twitter your newest addition to your collection? Because I would like to have the chat guess what is different about your setup. There is something slightly different about my setup. 
I, I will say have that. You, have you shared it on Twitter? I shared it on Twitter okay, for so a moment. Someone has definitely seen it. Um, if not, I'll pull it up on my phone real quick because I don't want to take the actual picture down. Take the actual picture. Let me see real quick. For anyone that doesn't know, uh, Talking Bay 94, good friend of the show, uh, Brandon Winardi, sent me an eBay listing. And he said, I think you should buy this. And it's actually hanging over my uh, right shoulder right now. Let me get it full screen for those of you who can't see it. It looks like two people holding lightsabers, huh, Eric? Yeah, really. It looks like almost like the Phantom Menace. Yeah, it looks like the Phantom. Oh, look, I'll show it to you on my phone since I actually don't have it on screen. Who is that, Eric? Who oh, is that's that? beautiful. Who is that right there? That's uh, the most important person in all of Star Wars and also the creator of Star Wars, George Lucas um, <laughs> and Rick McCallum. Oh, dude, it's such a good print. Uh, Eric hasn't been over to see it yet, so hopefully in the in the next couple of days we'll have a we'll have a hang and we can just both just stare at it for a couple of hours. Absolutely. Oh, um, uh, yeah, Michael. Look, he said, "I've seen the Jedi Rick and George picture." Yeah, here we go. God, it's a blessing. Um, thank you for bringing that up, Eric, because it's this 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 moment might be one of my favorite moments in this whole thing. Um, this is Vader, so it was redacted at first. Because it was actually incorrect. Like George actually um um actually uh Lee Brackett. Uh, Lee Brackett. Okay. She writes this. Now, there's two, there's two versions. There's the redacted version and the version that he kept in the script. Okay. Um, I'll read it. I say, Darth Vader. Uh, this is his exact line. So he's talking to an officer. He says this: Obi-Wan's protege apprentice knight who disabled my ship and sent me spinning off into space to drift for days until I was rescued just before he blew up the Death Star. I should be grateful for him at that. He saved me from my life. Perhaps I can find a suitable way to repay him. Now, what's wrong about that statement? I'll read it one more time. This is the top of it. Obi-Wan's protege, apprentice, knight, who disabled my ship. So it's about the ending of A New Hope. Was it Luke that disabled his ship, Eric? No. Was it was it? Yahoo Han, bro. There you go. It says right here. So this is the George version. Obi-Wan's fledgling. Han did this. He disabled my freighter, sent me spinning off into space with all my systems dead, even the radio. But I knew. I knew when he destroyed the Death Star using the Force to find the target. I had much time to consider Master Skywalker while I was waiting to be rescued. He's too much like his father. Okay. Now I don't want to jump too far ahead, but the no, I am your father is not in this script. Lee Brackett was not aware of that. Okay. Just wanted to say that now. So don't think that's going to end up happening. Okay. We're introduced to a character named Sedge. Oh God. (laughs) What do you think that name is, Eric? Uh, It's a ripoff of, uh, Our boy Wedge. <laughs> it is. I think it was just a mistake. Oh, but my God. Sedge, Sedge dies. It was killed by a snow beast. And like Han tries to save his life. So she watched the print and is like, Yeah, Sedge is in this. <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, okay. Um, anyone, uh, anyone want, if you want a Sedge shirt, just comment in the chat. We'll make a Sedge shirt. We'll put my face on, on Wedge's body. It'd be Sedge right there. Um, this is weird. 
This is probably, and I keep saying one of the weirdest, but I never thought about this before. So as they're fleeing, you know, Vader obviously infiltrates uh, the snow castle. Um, and that just sounds insane to begin with. But as he's leaving, they're all fleeing. The 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 Falcon flew away. Luke doesn't have his X-wing. He's on something called a spacer. Oh God! Keep talking. <laughs> he's on something. I'm not gonna read it. I'm gonna read it in a second. He's on something called a spacer. Okay, so it's I don't know what that is. Um, it's kind of weirdly described like Padme's ship in uh like in the Phantom Menace ship. I don't know. It's like reflective. It's weird. Um. But as Lucas leaving the atmosphere, Vader from the ground force chokes Luke in his cockpit. <laughs> okay? And R2 has to take over because Luke goes unconscious. Right? And Vader says this line, goodbye, Luke Skywalker. Thinking that he killed Luke Skywalker. So then they launch off into hyperspace. And then it cuts... Obviously, uh, <laughs> it cuts obviously straight to Han and Leia. Very big moment to cut to. Um, really weird. Yeah. That's really weird. Does anyone in the chat or do you know like what she knew? Did she know nothing? Did he give her anything? I don't know if she knew anything in terms of, and that's the that's one important thing too. I mean, this is the sequel to the first movie. You only have so much to work with, right? Yeah. I mean, the force is not really explained at all, besides the fact that, you know, it's energy field. And that's, no, I don't think he even says that, does he? I don't remember what Obi-Wan says, but Obi-Wan does not explain the force all that well. Um, before we move on, I have to read a chat, a comment from Ice Age Baby. <laughs> oh my God. I, I actually love this. What do Black Panther, Stargirl, and Ice Age have in common? They're all coming to Disney Plus this March. See what else you can add to your watch list. Hashtag Ice Age. Oh, good God. This <laughs> I love the bomb bad cast for this reason. <laughs> okay. So we have a we have a quick cut now to 3PO frozen in ice on the Falcon. And they're trying to break open the ice to make him talk. I, I don't know why they want to do that. Um, but really weird. The same exact sequence of events happens where they're getting chased by a, a Star Destroyer. And like that, honestly, from here on out, the rest of the story beats feel very close to the same in terms of like Han and Leia have their adventure. And then Luke has his own little adventure. Um, R2, cut back to R2, he crash lands the spacer into what they call the bog planet, like a bog, um, because Luke is still unconscious, which he is entire, for like half of the movie, he's unconscious. Um, Minch Yoda, okay, so that's, and I don't know if you know this, Eric and I have talked about this several times privately, I was convinced at the end of The Mandalorian, we were going to get a bunch of different species from Yoda, I mean, a bunch of a uh, different um, organisms from Yoda species at, at kind of like the conclusion of the Mandalorian. And I was wrong. And I thought they were going to be called Minches. And I was, I'm not wrong on that yet. Not yet. And Minch Yoda. Okay. Um, is essentially um, 
his name. His name is Minch. He's never called Yoda. He's described as being very frog-like, uh, wise, totally unhuman, intelligent, or mad in terms of like he's crazy. Okay. He uses a very interesting line that I think anyone that, you know, kind of reads into Star Wars a lot will like this. As he lands, Luke comes to consciousness and he notices this frog creature. He says, and the frog creature says, Skywalker, Skywalker, why do you come to walk in my sky with the sword of a Jedi Knight? Okay. So he doesn't speak like Yoda. He doesn't speak backwards, but he speaks kind of poetically. So the weird part is Luke is shocked that it can speak basic. He's like, you speak English? <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's surprised by that. And even in this script, R2 and Minch do not like each other at all. They're like, same thing, hitting on each other and all that stuff. Um, yeah, what, what do you, how do you interpret that line? Skywalker, Skywalker, why do you come to walk in my sky with the sword of a Jedi Knight? Hmm. Uh, I mean. Before he even knew his name. Right. You just, if you're basing it off what's in George's mind, like this is like some Yoda-esque yeah. kind of thing to say if he knows that Luke's on his way. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, very not as silly, I guess, as he is yeah. in, the, in the final version, but, um, you know, kind of being around the bush a little bit. Sure. And that's and kind that's, of attitude. Oh, yeah. that That's definitely part of the attitude here. And the only way Minch convinced Luke that he's legit is pretty funny. Um, we're on to the next. This is actually fun fact number 15. So we're still doing the facts, kids. Thank you for everyone joining the chat right now, especially Ice Age Baby. Um, Leia, okay, this is where it gets cool. Instead of like Chewbacca doing a lot of like the piloting and stuff, Leia gets a chance to do that in this movie. Even cooler, which I think you and I, I would have loved seeing this. This would be really sick. So the turret that's in the Falcon, mm -hmm. Leia actually gets in that and just blasting all the asteroids away. So we never got a chance to see her do that, which is kind of disappointing, honestly. Oh, <laughs> my God. No, I like this. Ice Age Baby has commented again. Ice Age fans, buckle up and brace yourselves for this week's Fox Kids movie challenge. <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> We're testing your knowledge. <laughs> Lying. Oh, okay. I like some of these comments. Sounds like Yoda's practicing his weird poetry. Yeah, Yoda's there's a uh, Yoda's one of those slam poets. Um, Yoda's in serious space rooms and had red green exit ham too many times. Dog, you are not wrong, Matthew. Um, maybe he was high in this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For anyone that does not know what we're talking about, you got to go watch. Uh, who is it? Master Master P, P no. interviewed George Lucas. Is Yoda is Yoda high on this one? No, no, not this one. Not this one. He's definitely high in the Lee Bracket script, though. <laughs> okay, so um, <laughs> it's amazing. We get some really good dialogue. I'm gonna find that dialogue real quick between Han and Leia. Eric, it sounds like it sounds like really good game, actually. Like Han, Han's a little bit more sensitive in this one, though. I don't like it. You know, Han's kind of the scoundrel, whereas mm -hmm. this one he's kind of a he's kind of like a 
Ooh, I'm scared. Hold me. But he's he's playing it from that like middle school angle, you know? Like, sure. you know what? I don't really like scary movies, but you know, if I watch it with you, I think we'll have fun. Like he's doing that whole like eighth grade. Oh, I still do that. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> okay, I'll read it. This is the this is the dialogue exchange right here. Here we go. Oh, it's great. Okay, Han and Leia. That's the that's the title of the sequence, scene 126. He holds her tight, kissing her. She reciprocates. Then as, as if coming to her senses, she pulls back and half raises her hand. Han, is what Han says. You're not going to do that again, princess. She turns from him. And he studies her. Are you in love with Luke? This is Leia's line. I'm not in love with anybody, and I don't want to be. You're forgetting something. Since we don't know where the other rendezvous points are, we have to think somewhere we can go. Han, we're not going anywhere as long as this cruiser ship is up there in the meantime. Okay? Then it moves on. They go to a different room where two people, alone in the immensity of space, stops and shakes his head. No, no, hold it. That's too much even for me. Leia suddenly doubles up with laughter. It's a great line, Han, and a well-polished one with yous, Han says. No, ma no, matter of fact, you're the only woman who's ever flown in the Falcon. Trouble is, I can't seem to make anything sound convincing, Leia. Okay? So they talk about the ship flying overhead, and this, this next one's good. <laughs> he and Leia sit down. Mind if I hold your hand? Han says. Leia. Why? Are you frightened? You bet I am. Aren't you? Han says. <laughs> this is just so not the Han we're used to. Like in any way. Dude, it sounds like me. Like straight up. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if anyone needs game tips, go, go read Lee Brackett's Empire Strikes Back script. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, so we get that weird thing. Um, this is where it gets insane. This is something Star Wars has actually never done. Would I like to see it one day? You betcha. Okay? So Luke, at this point in the story, we go back to the bog planet. He's super apprehensive against learning from Minch. Okay? He does not believe the Minch can do anything to help him. Okay? So Luke says, all right, how am I going to get this spacer out of Jesus Christ. How am I going to get this spacer out of the uh, out of the swamp? Minch literally says, lift it up with the force. And what does Luke do? What do you think he does, Eric? He tries. Nope, he straight up does it. Oh, he does he, it. He legitimately just lifts it right up. He's <laughs> like, oh, that that solved it. Okay. So that's that's where there's a pretty big differentiation. Now, okay. okay, so he lifts it up, no problem. And to make sure they are like able to let the, the ship drain, uh, Luke wants to chop up firewood so he can have a fire. So Luke is using his lightsaber to chop up firewood. Minch says, You cannot do that, that blade is sacred. And Luke gets really upset and he and he like kind of like puts his lightsaber down, and then Minch picks it up. Well, Minch, this is where it gets really really space fantasy. Minch picks up the blade and says this, by the force I call on you. 
And all of a sudden, Ben Kenobi shows up. And they start dueling. Minch and old Ben Kenobi are fencing and going at it, right? Okay? And so this is what convinces Luke to learn from the Minch. But that happens, of course, after, you know, Ben and Minch duels the Force. Okay? We cut back to them on the Falcon again. And this is how it's quoted. Okay? I wrote it right here. There are several kissing scenes between Han and Leia. For anyone in the chat, I hope you're enjoying this. Uh, this part's really weird. Chewbacca and, and 3PO watch. <laughs> it says it right there. It says it word for word. Chewbacca and 3PO are watching as Han and Leia kiss. Okay? So they uh they are they are making out, they're having a blast. Um, and the exact line 3PO says. I've never been able to understand the pleasure of human beings get from placing their mouth their mouths together. And then we got, oh, Han. And she begins to weep, hugging him closer, burying her face against his face. So they're like really having passionate makeout sessions. Um, let's let's bring this back so quick. <laughs> Ice Age Baby has been <laughs> shooting in the chat. What are your plans tonight? We recommend. <laughs> Dinner and your pick of an Ice Age movie. Thank you, Ice Age baby. Oh my god. Dennis Leary has the perfect voice for Diego. <laughs> Which hashtag Ice Age character voice is your favorite? I like, if I'm really going to answer this sincerely, big fan of Ray Romano. Yeah. He, fit, he actually fits that role really well. Absolutely. 100%. Thank you, Ice Age. Thank you, Ice Age. We need Ray Romano to like voice a uh, like a hut. Can you imagine <laughs> that? Oh, uh, you just make phlegm in the back of my throat, like all that. <laughs> oh, it'd be tremendous. Well, that really compliments well of the three PO watching Han and Leia make out. I I think that line's pretty three PO. Like maybe not. It, it like, really is. Maybe not the actual dialogue, but just like the the idea behind, you know him not understanding something that humans enjoy. Yeah, that's true. I've never been able to understand the pleasure human beings get from placing their mouths together. <laughs> it's kind of, it's, it's kind of Georgie too. Yeah. And then I guess we kind of like skipped over this, but like the fact that uh, Ben and Mench are fighting through the force. Yeah. Kind of a good cool, point. cool pickup that uh, we got to see somewhat. And yeah. we never really see two people of the same side fight, you know. I mean, obviously, Anakin and Obi Wan have two, you know, blue blades fighting on Mustafar, which is the next destination. How cool is that? Oh, we sick. actually go to Mustafar in this cut, okay? And it says it right here. I'll, I'll actually read the whole entry. C one thirty seven exterior Darth Vader's castle, a grim castle of black iron that squats on a rock in the midst of a crimson sea. So think about how far ahead they were with that idea. They were pretty dead set on that. And we didn't get that till which movie, Eric? Uh, the greatest Star Wars movie, Revenge of the Sith. That and Rogue One. So there's like really weird ties that I, I don't know if Gareth Edwards or Tony Gilroy happened to flip to this script and say, hey, let's do this. I don't know. C-138, interior, Darth Vader's castle, and a tower room, Grim and Darkling, Lightened by the red glow of outside, Vader is at home, at ease. He has companions, several small gargoyles that perch on a, 
perch or caper on the massive furniture. He is feeding them tidbits of a golden from a golden bowl, enjoying their ugliness and their greed. Abruptly, he stiffens. He sweeps the gargoyles aside and stands up, his fist on the table. The gargoyles skitter away, frightened. C-139. Okay, well, we go back to Minch, okay? Now, Luke has this weird connection, okay, where he can actually, like, force Skype with Vader. Like, truly force Skype in this in this to talk to Vader about all this stuff. And Luke is saying this. I think, I think, dark, dark. And then Minch says, come back, Luke. And then Luke says, no, fight, dark with dark. This sounds a lot like TLJ, right? The uh, dark, um, what's it? What's the exact line that Snoke says? Um, dark uh, light rises and and no, um, darkness rises and light is to meet it. I think it's something along the lines. Um, so we kind of see this weird like moment, like when Luke's training Ray and she goes straight to the dark. So mm-hmm. that kind of happens with Luke here. Scene 142, interior Darth Vader's castle. The gargoyles cower. Darth Vader recoils as if it's from a blow. And then he laughs as if he has discovered something that bodes no good for Luke. So then it's like this scene where they're going back and forth. Now, I'd imagine the TLJ script is written much better than this because it's kind of kind of hard to understand in this one. Um, we go back to Mitch's house. Luke's talking with him, and it says... Darth Vader struck at me and I felt power and I struck back. I used the dark side of the force. So Luke straight up says I use the dark side of the force to fight Vader. Really weird. Um, This is the part I like the most. This is where I'm convinced, convinced Ryan Johnson read this. 144 interior Darth Vader's castle. Darth Vader has sat down lost in thought and the small gargoyles are taking courage. Coming back to him, abruptly a communication device shrills a summons. He rises, goes to it, and flips a switch. The screen comes to life. A man is revealed, draped and hooded in the cloth of gold so that we cannot see his face. But the figure is instinct with power, and Darth Vader bows before it. Your Imperial Highness, Darth Vader says. Okay, the Emperor says, you are aware of the disturbance in the Force. Darth Vader responds, I am. Then how, then you know that Skywalker is not dead and he is more dangerous than I had realized. Remove him this time or I shall remove you. Which is something we don't really hear from Palpatine all that often. Um, so what's your take on that? Do you think, do you think, especially the, the golden cloak thing, how do you feel about that now, now knowing what we have in the sequel trilogy? Well, <clears throat> they've always wanted to put somebody in gold. Remember, we've seen that Darth Maul. Uh, oh, right. Him in gold. Yes, so that's, Ian McKaig. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's something that they've liked for a long time. And, um, you know, maybe Ryan read this or maybe Ryan looked at that art of Darth Maul and said, I'm I'm going to make Snoke the, the one in gold. Now, um, I don't know if you remember there was a leak back in 2015 of – a, a concept art for Snoke that actually has not been in any of the books where, and it was a real leak. It was a legitimate leak that Snoke was supposed to be like a lizard figure and he had a gold robe on. Do you remember that? No, I'm going to have to go find that. That was a really weird leak. Um, but same exact kind of concept. You're right. They have toyed with the gold thing, but it's kind of cool to see that it actually manifested with, um, with the whole, you know, Snoke. Um, Dude, it'd be, 
Let's hear it. Let's hear it. No, let's hear it. It'd be sick if in the Obi-Wan show, we got Palps rocking the gold. Ooh. <laughs> it's not out of the realm of possibilities because I will say, and I, I know we joked about it before, uh, on the Tross, uh, our reaction to Tross almost feels like two years ago, um, that we called him Prom Night Palpatine because he like got fresh looking and Tross. But you're right. You a Kenobi, he could straight up be wearing like a gold tinted suit. That'd be so awesome. God, that'd be great. Let's do it. Oh, uh, let's do it. What's one, Deborah? There we go, Deborah. All right. So we've got a <laughs> Ice Age baby again. A special TBT to all the creators of Ice Age who helped shape the journey of these films and bring your favorite characters to life. Hashtag Ice Age. Ice Age baby. We need to see if anyone who has worked on Ice Age has worked on Star Wars <laughs> in any capacity. Yeah, Ice Age baby. If you can do us some research. Go through the credits and see if there's any comparisons. How much you want to bet? Like, there's like some crazy out thing out there where like Lawrence Kasdan like <laughs> had the opportunity to write the script. Yeah, I just probably. denied it. I didn't really like it too much. <laughs> oh God, we're going on right in an hour so far. We're gonna try to wrap this up in the next uh, twenty minutes. So, um, to kind of go through this real quick, Hoth is actually Bespin. So when you read this, it's called Hoth. So it's kind of weird, like, this doesn't yeah. look like Hoth to me. For anyone that also has this mouse pad that's the size of a small child, uh, this this is not Hoth to me. But it is. But it is. Apparently in the Lee Bracket script. Um, what else do we got? Oh, shout out to uh, Attack of the Clones here. During Luke's training with Minch, he lifts a basket of fruit. <laughs> I wish I could do that, honestly. <laughs> exactly. Dude, you know George has been thinking about it for a while. How funny yes. is that? Like, he, like, held that. He's like, no, not this sequel. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> another one. Oh, my God. Now, one thing, too, I have it marked right here. We don't see this often. Uh, we actually haven't really seen this in a movie besides Palpatine's dialogue in, like, Revenge of the Sith. But Minch talks about the dark side. Now, like Alex said, Alex says he really has enjoyed the fact that it's Star Wars before Star Wars. And that's exactly what this is. This mythos has not been set up yet. That's mm -hmm. why I find this to be particularly interesting. And I think that's why people kind of gravitate towards it. Um, Minch says this. It's the dark side of you. So when Luke, um, he says, let's see. It's kind of cool. Minch. Before you can control the Force, you have to be able to control yourself. And that you haven't learned yet. I think you have, but... Luke, you think I won't be able to hold against Darth Vader. He, will, he wills the fruit back into the basket, making it, do, making it do unreadable on the way. Minch watches sourly. Yet you tell me I'm stronger than Obi-Wan, and he held out. Minch, Obi-Wan had already won his battle. Luke... With the dark side of the force, you never told me exactly what that is. So Mitch kind of explains it. It's the dark side of you. A pause while Luke grapples with this. The dark side is in all of us. That's what makes temptation so great. It's not an external thing. The force is a power. It's, make, it's up to you, the individual, how he uses that power. Most of the Jedi Knights were honorable men, faithful to their vows, but sometimes... Luke stops. What happens to the bad ones? Minch says, 
There were none during my long service until Darth Vader. I think the knights had forgotten and grown careless. Luke, how soon will I be able to call from Ben, wherever he is? Minch, you still have got a few lessons, a few lessons ahead of you. So, kind of cool. We never got that explained to us before. It's very George, though. The dark yeah. side's in all of us, right? Yeah, no, I like that. Okay, we've got an answer from Ice Age Baby. He says, "An Ice Age was a glacial episode in the history of the planet. By the next, by the time the Galactic Civil War, the planet Hoth was undergoing one such episode. Hashtag Ice Age. I can only imagine who is doing this much work." But I, I love that we get these kind of people. I want I want Master Chief to show up. I want Paul to show up. It's just it's tremendous. Absolutely fantastic. Okay. <laughs> so Eric, how do you feel about the dark side kind of getting explained to us for the first time? It's kind of neat. I, I I think the version that we got on uh Dagobah kind of works though. With yeah. you know in the cave. Yeah, that's uh, true. Not, it's more yeah, that's a good point. It's more uh symbolic. Yeah, because it's it's like, you know, Luke kind of learns that like he'll become his great like he will become what he's trying not to become, you know. Sure. It's that like, so raven. Then, it's like the, the Skywalker thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like it's that so raven. So it's it, he will become that future if he goes on that path. Um now, I'm gonna blow your mind real quick. We do go. get a cave scene. But it's – and look, I'm going to use a term that Eric and I use that people are going to start using from here on out probably. It's baked. <laughs> so to explain that term, it's when it's beyond mind-blowing. It's like it's baked, okay? So that's common vernacular between our friend group. Okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm going to uh, kind of talk about this. Um, there's a part where – we kind of get an answer on what a force ghost is. So this movie is kind of this script, at least it's kind of going uh, in a very interesting route. Um, ben explains what a force ghost is. All right. Luke says, Ben, Obi-Wan by the force. I call you for a moment. Nothing happens. And Luke wonders if he has failed. Then as before, Ben materializes out of the mist. Ben says, I am here. Luke Ben, I'm so glad to see you. Are you real or are you a ghost? Pauses. Ben laughs. I'm as real as you are. Only my reality has changed a little. There are no ghosts. Those are only names we put to things we can't understand. Luke says, then Darth Vader didn't kill you. Ben says this. It was my time to move on. Luke, to where? Ben responds, to a different part of the universe. It's all one. If you know the way, or rather, if you understand the laws that govern the way, physical laws, one day you'll understand, Luke, you will. You'll be able to glimpse, as I have, the beautiful symmetry of perfection that this creation we all belong to. Luke, I brought someone else with me. Another half-ghostly form emerges from the mist, a tall, fine-looking man who approaches Luke slowly. Looking at him, Ben says, it's your father. Luke, my father? And then the, the title of Luke's uh, dad is just Skywalker. You've grown so well, Luke. I'm so proud of you. Luke, not knowing what uh, to say, says nothing. Did your uncle ever speak to you about your sister? 
Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Well, the name in here is called Nelleth, which is really weird. Nelleth. Um, Nelleth, no. Who is she? Skywalker, your sister. Luke says, my sister. I have a sister, but why didn't Uncle Owen? It was my request. When I saw the Empire closing in, I sent you both away for your own safety, far apart from each other. Luke, well, where is she? What's her name? This is, this is a cool part. If I were to tell you, Darth Vader could get that information from your mind and use you as a host- use her as a hostage. Not yet, Luke. When it's time, he looks gravely at his son. Luke, will you take from me the oath of a Jedi Knight? This is where it gets baked supreme. Here we go. Slowly and proudly, Luke draws his lightsaber and activates it, bringing it to the salute. Skywalker does the same. Ben and Minch also raise their lightsabers, standing as witnesses. So, Eric, you say it after me, okay? I, Luke Skywalker. I, Luke Skywalker. Do swear on my honor. Do swear on my honor. And on the faith of the Brotherhood of the Knights. And on the faith of the Brotherhood of the Knights. To use the Force only for good. To use the Force for... Wait, to use the Force for only for good. <laughs> good. Turning away always from the dark side. Turning away always from the dark side. To dedicate my life to the cause of freedom. To dedicate my life to the cause of freedom. And <laughs> justice. And justice. If I should fail of this vow. If I should fail of this vow. My life shall be forfeit. <laughs> My life shall be forfeit. Oh my here god! Here and hereafter. Here and hereafter. Weird, huh? Okay. <laughs> ah, wow. Weird. Reminds me of the Tartakovsky. You see, uh, Clone Wars a little bit. That's what I was going to say. Which I would love to see that. Yeah. In live action or no live action. I want to see it in live action. It would be cool yeah. if it happened in animation again. But we already saw oh. it in animation. We could very well see it. How how oh, cheesy dog. is that? How cheesy is that? <laughs> it, it is inter- like not just like that, but just like I mean, I guess that. But then just the things you've been saying. I don't know. Just the sister comment. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Um, yeah, it's just weird how many of these ideas kind of you know they didn't totally hit the floor. Oh no! But also, they had—they were all obviously in George's head. A lot of this was. Um, I—I I just love the idea of the Jedi oath. It's just incredible. Um, now, we've got this moment between Luke and his dad. He said, "This is the only armor I can give you, son. The rest is for you to do." And then Ben says goodbye, Luke, and they fade off into the uh, into the thing, into like the the mist again, which is really kind of weird. All right, so I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Um, of course, we meet Lando. So Lando's a character. His name is not Lando. It's Lando. Give me a second. He's got a weird name. Kadar. Kadar. Yeah, that's it. Lando Kadar. Thank you. Where did you see that? It's on the. It's on the notes. notes. Oh, okay, cool. So Lando, uh, Lando Kadar. Okay, he is the person we meet on Hoth. He's like our connect. He is actually a clone from the Clone Wars. Right, and he is in charge of the trade routes on Hoth. That was the Phantom Menace comment. Instead of being a Tabana gas miner, he's in charge of trade routes. Did did we talk about this the other day, or did I see this on the internet that 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 was an idea that like 
Maybe Lando. you did. Okay, whatever. Maybe we talked about it earlier today. I don't know. Eric and I talk on the phone a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I talk on the phone more more to him than anyone else I know. Um, so yeah, we'll go to the Lando being a a clone thing in a moment. Um, it's a lot to read through. I'm not going to read through the whole exact thing, but we do get this moment where they're kind of they're on a force cave, but it's pretty much Luke versus Vader, right? Now, what makes this so strange is how it happens. So Minch tells Yoda, I'm sorry, Minch tells Luke to open up his mind, open your mind to the dark side of the force, which I don't really understand this, but this is what happens. Give me one second. There we go. I'll read it to you. It's very dramatic, and I think it's important to kind of read because I don't want to mess it up. I'm going to make my screen big, too. The clearing in the swamp, wreathed with the ever-present mist, R2 stands at one side of the house. Abruptly, his metal housing begins to twitch with a kind of eerie brush discharge. Beeping, he looks around and falls silent. A shape of darkness, much taller than a man, and having no visible features, yet still giving the impression of Darth Vader's shape and form, towers in the clearing. Outlined in little flickering tongues of force flames, darts of energy. The phantom-like, there. I'm sorry, phantom-like, there seems to be an echo of heavy breathing. Presently, much smaller, a second form manifests itself. This too is featureless, but suggests Luke. It is light in color, almost white, but flickering energy that outlines it. And it's weaker than Vader's. Strange, ghostly voices speak now. Darth Vader says, you're still afraid. Luke responds, you tried to kill me twice. Vader, that was before I knew your strength. Now I prefer to have you as an ally. Luke, ally? Vader says, look. The swamp clearing has vanished. They seem to stand now in interstellar space with glory all around them. Stars, nebula, the shining spirals of distant galaxies, the great companies of stars that march forever stride in the past of the galaxy. Nebula, dark and bright, there are novas in distant nebula. Darth Vader figure reaches out a huge shadowy hand as if to grasp the star field. The stars seem to run through his fingers like sand. <laughs> Darth Vader, I can no longer go as a man among men. What is left of my body survives only because of the life support system that sustains it. But my brain lives and my will lives. And my power lives. Have you ever won power, Luke? Power is to strike back at your enemies, to avenge the wrongs, to keep those you love safe from harm. Ooh. Of course you have. You think you've been the dark side of the forces evil. What about Princess Leia? Luke, I've sworn an oath. <laughs> so Luke's like, I've sworn the oath. You can't tip me anymore, okay? Um, Darth Vader, other men's words, other men's shackles. Will you be a child all your life? Luke responds, I sworn an oath. But the lightness of the smaller form seems to be darkening. The flickers of energy getting stronger. Darth Vader, you're in love with Leia. You don't want to lose her to Han Solo, but you will if your lack of courage to use strength, and that's in you. Darth Vader um, also says... Um, a strength as great as mine, Luke. If you join me, nothing can stand against us. Luke, what about the Empire? Darth Vader responds, the Empire is a passing phase. We rule instead. You and I, the Emperor is a harsh master. You would not be. You could restore peace, but, but stop at a killing. 
How much good could you do, Luke? Don't be afraid. Reach out and grasp the stars. They're used for the taking. Tentatively, Luke re- imagines reaching a cloudy hand tr- uh, towards the star field. The image has gone quite dark now. The pulse of energy around it is very bright, and the cloudy fingers uh, seem to gather up stars. There's a whisper of a laugh, which turns suddenly into a wailing cry. They've burned. They burn. I swore an oath. The cloudy hand is snatched back. Luke image dwindles and fades, pursued by the booming laughter of Darth Vader. Darth Vader, run then, Luke, but you'll come back. The dark side is in you, and you won't uh, the dark side in you won't let you rest. In scene. What'd you think of all that? That's a lot. It's a lot of baked macaroni, dude. Uh, <laughs> but but interesting enough, just like some pretty thematic stuff that like does eventually happen. You know, yeah. Talk about saving people and how cool is that? Some uh, yeah, no. the Sith callback. No, it's also cool. it feels like uh it this feels like in particular that Yoda arc in Clone Wars where he like faces off with the uh with the um the uh, wills right where he talks to the wills. I mean it's like visually very similar. Yeah, no, that's all that is really interesting. It's kind of a lot, though. Yeah, it is a lot. It is a lot. It's it's like how he's just a figure that's no shape and he's touching the stars. And I mean, we could get this one day in something and I wouldn't be I honestly wouldn't hate it. it it's kind of cool. It's mm-hmm. very space fantasy. It's it's yeah. it's and it's not very uh, left to interpretation. I mean, it really is kind of like explaining it now, seeing it visually in the 80s, would have looked like garbage. And I'm just being real honest with you. This is something that they could do really well right now. But back then, I mean, I think most people would agree this would be kind of terrible to look at back then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I also agree, there's some character moments, like Alex said, Vader didn't seem like he'd laugh, right? So there's a couple things that I think just don't really sit well. And it is really trippy, Michael. Like, it's really, really trippy. So, I don't know. It is, it is nightish. That's true, JD. Yeah, I like these. Leia, Leia was eating pot brownies. <laughs> Lee Bracken. Hey, you never know. Fantasy writer, man. So there's really not much left of this, Eric, in terms of story. It all kind of plays out the same. Something weird happens though. Before Luke leaves, they do a weird like lightsaber salute, <laughs> kind of like broom, kind of like the broom kid does in TLJ. He like yeah. raises up the little broom. But it, so so Luke does that to Minch. Minch does it back, and then a very mysterious thing happens. The Minch disappears into the mist. Was he there the whole time? What did he do? I kind of like that. Yeah, kind of Gandalfish. You know? Sure. So uh, the whole dinner scene happens. We're like straight up. We've got like the uh, we we got the moment where um, you know. They walk in on the dinner, and before they walk in, Leia asks, and she's going by a moniker. She's not going by her name. She's going by uh, Eredith. That's the name she's going by because she doesn't want to give away her, her uh, I guess, allegiance to the Rebellion. Um, Lando kind of explains his backstory, which is really kind of cool. So it's a different perspective of the clone thing, right? Something that we're so like aware of now. It says it right here. You're wondering, Miss Eredith. You're too polite to last, but you still wonder. So I'll tell you. Yes, I am a clone. 
of the Ashardi family. My great-grandfather wanted many sons, and he produced them from the cells of his own body. His sister, a remarkable woman, produced many daughters with the same means. Thus, we kept the blood pure. But since the wars, there are not many of us left, and we try not to attract any attention. A sadness comes to his voice and remembering. It didn't seem strange to see us see our own faces endlessly repeated in the streets of our cities. It gave us a sense of oneness, of belonging. Now, when every face is new and different, I feel truly alone. So then they're walking up to the doorway uh, before they meet Vader. What do you think of that? Because we don't know what the Clone Wars is at this point at all, but I don't know what to get from this. I don't know if it's a it's a sad moment, obviously, but yeah. What what is the war? You know, how does this have a war involved with it? I don't know. It's crazy that he's like thinking about everything at this point. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on in terms of prequel. And in almost sequel trilogy stuff too. There's there's a lot here. Um, so uh, the same exact scene happens. They walk in. Han shoots the laser bolt. No Boba Fett. No bounty hunters in this version of the script. Um, but I like this. You actually get to see the dinner scene take place. So people have wondered for years what happens there. I will read one portion from it. But Lando, the entire time, is straight up eating the meal. He's just like cutting into the meat. He's eating. And apparently Han and Leia are just drinking their glasses of wine. And this is what Vader says. Um, here we go. Everyone's at the table. Darth Vader presiding at the head of the table. He is neither eating nor drinking. Lando eats with a very good appetite. Chewbacca sits quietly, not touching anything. Han and Leia lose their appetites, but both, especially Han, are drinking wine looking at Lando and contemplating murder. Lando, you see, Han, I knew who the princess was the moment you landed. I knew that the Empire wanted you both, and the Empire is important to me. I suppose that I really owe my comfortable existence here to the Empire. Though I'm not a part of it, I continue to trade with both sides. So I really had no choice. Han responds, well, I hope you're well paid. You know what's going to happen to us? Lando says, well, Lord Vader assured me nothing would happen to any of you, and which is true. They don't even get tortured. Okay, they actually just get held captive, and that's it. Leia, ha, I've enjoyed Lord Vader's hospitality before. What's the matter, Lord Vader? Have you gone so far beyond me today that you no longer need to eat or drink? Darth Vader responds, I've had to forego those simple pleasures, along with many others, but there are compensations, and you're forgetting something, princess. We need to entertain you on board the Death Star. You had information that we needed. Now you have nothing. Leia, then I don't understand. Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader responds. Han, Luke, Leia, but I don't know where he is, even if he's still alive. Darth Vader responds, he's alive, and he'll find you because he loves you. <laughs> Han says, that's ridiculous. He could search for, Vader cuts him off. He'll find her, and until then, we wait. I advise you against my rash mo uh, moves. I've set a guard on the Falcon so there's no escape. I shan't lock your doors unless you make it necessary. He said, shant, shant. So stupid. So, Vader can't eat because he just can't. That's pretty much the answer. <laughs> now, the rest of this movie deviates entirely from the original script. Luke straight up shows up, and um, he Luke straight up shows up, and when he does do that, he essentially uh, arrives on the planet, and he meets the native people of Cloud City, which 
Also, shout out to Camino. They ride manta rays through the clouds. Okay. As they do that, he kind of does something really badass. He kind of like declares himself like, like I am Luke Skywalker. I am, I'm, you know, here looking for you. I'm looking for Vader. I'm looking for this. And um, they essentially ride these manta rays all the way to Cloud City. Very, very Camino-esque. Um, so there's some really weird native creatures there as well. The uh, people there like have white hair and white faces and white bodies on a on on Hoth, I guess you could say, what is now Cloud City. Um, so there's this weird Avatar thing that happens too, where it's the native people of Hoth, Cloud City, fighting the Empire. So like it's like this weird Avatar moment towards the end of it. Um, Luke does show up. This is pretty cool. He's seen as a complete badass in front of Leia and Han. Let's see. Whew. He says this line before he fights Vader, which is really cool because it reminds me of Ray's line in Tross. May the force be with me. We've never heard of that in Star Wars where someone's like, call the force to me, you know? Uh, what is what is the line that that she says in uh, the Skywalker, Eric? Um, be with me, right? Yeah, just yeah. be with me. Mm-hmm. Same exact. Maybe JJ read this too, or Chris Terrio. Um, may the force be with me. So, Darth Vader actually before they fight because they do have a fight sequence. Um, Darth Vader goes back to his apartment on Cloud City, which is something he has straight up. Scene two twenty three. Enter Darth Vader's apartment. Okay. Uh, it's him and Luke in the same apartment room. They begin to fence. Darth Vader is much larger and stronger and 20 years more experience, which is a weird number. Um, but Luke is young and agile, and he has studied the Minch. With, I'm sorry, they fight. A breathtaking and deadly passage of arms, which takes them out of the room into corridors, which is what we see in Empire. Uh, Luke holds his own, but just barely. See, they uh, nothing happens to Han. Like, no carbonite. That doesn't happen in this. Um, They're fighting down a broad staircase now. Luke is on the defensive. He stumbles. Vader moves in. Luke sees a piece of statuary above on one side. By the power of the force, he hurls it at Vader, who deflects it laughing. But he gives Luke a respite. They stand for a moment looking at each other. Vader says, you're very good, Luke, but I'm 20 years older and stronger than you in the use of the force. That's what Jerry says to me all the time. Uh, <laughs> you haven't a chance with me. Pete says it constantly. Um, and any more than your father had. The anger deepens in Luke's face, changing it. Vader laughs softly, and Luke fer- ferociously attacks him. So then it cuts back to Han and Leia and, and uh, Lando. Uh, let's see. Luke and Vader. They have fought their way deeper into the bowels of the city. Luke is brilliant swordsman and it is now that his youth and agility may be telling just a bit on Vader. And Luke drives him mer- mercilessly, but he can't quite corner him. He hurls things at Vader by mind power psychic, but somehow Vader always evades and Vader sends objects hurling back at Luke, almost braining braining him never heard of that word before luke fights with increasing ferocity his one blind objective to destroy darth vader but something has come into his face something dark and unfamiliar we go back to the hangar deck they're trying to get on the falcon 
Let's see where else. Luke and Vader. They're in large space between the lower pendulum of the city where the great roaring ventilator shafts run to the reactor. Vader now pours on the coal, and it's obvious that Luke is tired and losing no matter what how he uses the dark side of the force. Suddenly, the scene changes as it did before the clearing by the Mitch's house. We see the blackness of space, roiled and dusted with the stars, burning with stars, and we see the large black shadow of Darth Vader towering against the star field. The smaller form of Luke is there as well, and this time the shadow, it casts almost as dark as Vader. You see, my little Jedi, you're beaten. You have used the dark side of the Force against me, as I knew you would, and powerfully, very powerfully, Luke. With training, you can be as strong as I am. He reaches out for the handful of stars and plays with them idly. Vader says, but you have no training in the dark side. You simply felt more power in it, and you've used it for your revenge, your hate, for the sake of being able to say that you, Luke Skywalker, had destroyed the great Darth Vader. Luke looking down to himself, but I didn't realize... Vader, of course you didn't. I simply led you along that you at each point had a choice to make, and you always made the right one or the wrong one. He tosses a handful of stars over at Luke's shadowy form where they run over to him in the sparks. Vader, so once more, little Jedi, or will you join me and let me teach you the uses of the dark side of the Force? Or will the last minute remember your oath and die? And then Luke says, I think I prefer to die. Woo! Kind of like he does in Empire. I've wasted and thrown all the careful teaching I was given. I betrayed my trust. I broke my oath. I would prefer to die. Vader says, you're a fool, Luke. Nevertheless, it can be arranged. You're weak, little Jedi, without the dark side, but I warn that if you use it once more, you are lost. Forfeit in this world and the next. He lunges forward to battle alone again. We go to the Falcon. They end up getting off Hoth, quote-unquote. And we go back to Luke and Vader fighting. Uh, so essentially what ends up happening is, uh, let's see. Luke and Vader forcing Luke steadily back. Vader gets him pinned against the rail, fighting violently, uh, valiantly, but without hope. Luke glances down the shaft, just like an empire. The dreadful shaft sucking in the torrent of air. Here and there, the, blow, the blowholes are visible in the air vents. And here and there, stout metal bars thrust out the sides, probably for maintenance with the vent holes uh, at the far bottom, the dim glare of the reactor glows beneath the shielding. It is altogether a heart stopping sight. Luke turns back to fight to see what Vader is rushing at him to deal with the death stroke blow. Violently Luke lifts his lightsaber to parry. Then Vader's blade comes striking down. Luke deactivates his saber and darts aside thrown off momentarily. The balance thrown off momentarily thrown momentarily off balance because of the unexpected ruse, the lack of oxygen to his blade, Vader is overbalanced. Luke leaps aside over the railing into the shaft. So Luke ends up jumping off. He, Vader is now hanging in effort to not follow Luke and staring uh, staring down the hole. See? So essentially what happens is everything occurs the same exact way. Luke just loses. And that's it. And the movie ends really weird. Uh, they are still, I believe, on Hoth. This is the actual ending right here. A lift opens. Luke, Leia, Lando, 3PO, and R2 get out and walk onto the garden. Balcony, rich with flowers. They stand waiting. The Falcon takes off, rising into the sky on a plume of flame. 
They watch the diminishing against the starry sky. We see their faces, the droids, Leia with all her heart, the solar eyes, watch the man she loves vanish into the unknown dangers. And Luke, older, wiser, and more humble about his shortcomings, still loving Leia, but in a different way. Abruptly, he un unsheaths the lightsaber, activates it, holding in a position of salute for the departing Falcon. So that is that is this. Wow. That is the story. So the ending, Eric, I don't mean to kind of rehash it. The ending is also really weird. A lot more exposition. A lot more like knighthood and like you were blah, 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 blah. It actually yeah. feels like the prequels. It actually feels a lot like that's the, yep. That's is that what, what I was going to say. say. But like, but even like more weighty than the prequels. Yeah, kind of. So like, way more dramatic. Yeah. So, I mean, it just shows you like what Larry Kasdan did. And I think you have a comment on here from Alex. Yeah. If this was the movie that was released. I mean, it's hard to say, <laughs> but it, it wouldn't have been empire. Nah, this wouldn't have been empire. There's, there's so much in that movie that has such big heart, you know, that this would be kind of lacked. I yeah, like just, the mysticism. I love the mysticism of it. It felt really weird. Yeah, it's honestly more, maybe more original than the point. than the original trilogy is. That's why people love the original trilogy. It's just like a podgepodge of like all the things that have come before it in cinema and you know yeah. storytelling and myth. Um, but this is almost like yeah, this is almost like Star Wars. Before Star Wars or Star Wars, I mean, this is it's pretty lore heavy. It's pretty unhinged, you mm -hmm. know. Like, and you're right, lore heavy. Like, if you watch A New Hope, they establish everything in there that then actually gets really deepened in this this Lee Bracket version. You're right. That's a good point, Eric. Yeah. I really like that. It's almost like I don't. I've never watched Star Trek. Okay, so maybe it's not for me to say but is star trek kind of like this is it like very heavy maybe not in like dialogue but just like it's not as not as spacey though this is like insanely spacey like how how it, it feels very much like a like a fantasy novel to me this to me reads more actually not really like lord of the rings either it's way dialogue heavy in particular mm -hmm. i don't know eric it, this is this is definitely its own breed but it feels it's like it's like the Duel of Fate script, you know? It's Try like it. what we could have gotten, you know? And mm -hmm. I think that's the joy of talking about it. That's why I'm glad a lot of people joined us for this. We had, you know, we had almost 12 people hanging out the entire time. And that makes me elated because hopefully you learn something from this. Because I, I went into it this week completely blind. I didn't know what I was going to be talking about until like Tuesday evening. And here I am. Like, I'm, I love this. I could talk about this forever. It's yeah. weird. It's weird. Hopefully people that watched it and, and obviously Eric, did you get anything out of it in particular? Did you find anything really interesting? Yeah. I Let me scroll up real quick. There was something. Oh, even like the native people versus uh, empire empire. I don't know. It's just like goes to show that he had like all the puzzle pieces just not laid out yet. Yeah, they were they were all there, and you know, I mean, you got to think. I I also agree. Matthew said, um, if this movie happened, they, it would it would cause Twitter heads to explode. It really would. I mean, it it's a bold movie, but is it a better movie? 
I agree with Alex over here. I don't think it'd be a better movie. Uh, it probably would have. I wouldn't say it would kill the franchise either, but I don't think. Don't think it would have been as monumental. I mean, the moments I mean, that everyone knows from Empire is are they're not in this. I love you. I know not in this. You know that weight of Han Solo not coming back. Not in this. You know, uh, no, I am your father. Not in this. So, yeah, I mean that's 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 kind of what made all this possible. Honestly, yeah, that that movie and Eric and I saw in theaters. What was it? When we see it like August. No. Oh, I want to say November. November. Maybe it was November. They did a screening of it in November, and, and Eric and I went with a, a good bit of people. Um, and we we're like the only ones in the theater, so it was amazing. So the reason I'm saying that is that we watched it together, and you seeing on the big screen kind of made you really think about damn, this is the perfect sequel. Is this the perfect sequel? No. Does it do things I like more than Empire? Kinda. Kinda. Definitely develops that lore. Like the prequels did. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I think that's one thing that people tend to forget. Uh, the whole like argument. Why do we want a backstory? We want a backstory. Well, this movie, this, this, this would have been movie would have gave us a lot of backstory very quickly. So overall impressions, anyone in the Twitter, uh, on Twitter, anyone in the uh, YouTube comments want to say how they feel. I loved it. I think it's an interesting thing. Would I have wanted to see this instead of empire? No. But would I love to see this one day adapted to like a, a graphic novel? Yeah, that'd be sick. Or an animated series? You never know. The future is endless right now. Is this Taika Waititi's movie? Um, <laughs> Could you imagine? Does some insane stuff like that? Never know. Let's see. Oh, I kind of, that's good. Matthew, beautiful point here. The movie feels like it's a mix of all three trilogies in George's head. Yeah, it kind of is. Just the small things, you know? Yeah, I mean, you got uh, light versus dark. You got love. You got, uh, which is basically the prequels. Yeah. And then, uh, what was the other one I was saying? Oh, like the, uh, a little bit of the family stuff without it being exactly the same. Like visiting the dad and like alluding to the fact that he had a sister. Clone Wars. I mean, it's Wars. a lot. Uh, bad guys in gold. <laughs> I get it. Uh, force projections. Yeah, right? Force yeah. Skype. Force yeah. Skype. Yeah, no, really it's weird. Point. That would have been way too much. <laughs> no, no. This, this would have been way too overwhelming because we kind of got that Force Skype thing for a brief moment in, in Empire where he's like, son. Yeah. You know, father, and that's it. Mm-hmm. This was straight up like just like every other scene and the, the cuts apparently. And now this would have been edited, obviously, but the cuts were really, really harsh between each thing, too. But um, anyway, bombad people. Oh, Alex said something pretty good. This makes me remember when I went to see uh, with my family to see uh, Rise of Skywalker. We had the theater to ourselves, making me able to talk and no babies screaming like they the, like the time I went to TLJ. Probably why it isn't my favorite. <laughs> I get that, dude. I completely get it. Um, Matthew, it feels like all a bit of George's ideas in one movie. I agree. Look, I'm glad I could have Eric on here for this. Eric, thank you so much for your time. I'm glad we could hang out. Um, as always, Absolutely. I mean, this is 
This is literally like if I'm if I'm like doing anything around the house, this is the kind of conversations we actually have. Um, I mean, you you can you can agree to that, right? Oh, I mean, absolutely. This, is, this we'll probably talk about this tomorrow. Like, <laughs> we'll no definitely talk about this tomorrow. Um, Eric, I'm gonna do this one more time for you so you can enjoy it. <laughs> Dude, this is. Dude, Cam is the greatest app in the world. I'm just saying. Look, at, it? look at it's called Canva, but it's like imagine Photoshop, but it's accessible and simple to use. Just I love that Paul pops up first. Dude, that photo of Paul's from his Wikipedia page. How amazing <laughs> is that? It's like he's got a guitar in his hand, uh, though. And I, I just cropped it out. Dude, this picture of Rick. I'm so glad uh that Dex Rex found it. Uh, oh, Dex Rex. What a G. What a G. Um, well, God bless him. God bless him. So funny. Well, I'm I'm sorry Jerry wasn't here to enjoy that with us, but I really am happy for one thing. I'm happy we have this background of Rick McCallum as well. <laughs> Let's get that lower third out the way so we can really enjoy it. Um, take it all in. I think I'm going to make the gift version of this when we get off the phone call together. Absolutely. But uh, gang, 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 gang. Everyone stay bombad. I, uh, I'm excited we could do this. Thank you, everyone in the chat. Anyone listening podcast-wise, Thank you so much. I'm glad you could support us. Remember, if you really liked it, if you had fun, please subscribe, like, share, rate us five stars, and review it on iTunes, uh, its review page. Uh, be sure, if you really liked it, if you want to support us on Patreon, by all means, you can definitely do that. Um, Eric, you're so good at it. You've done it several times now. What should the wonderful people do? Give me one second before you say it. Um, obviously, they should enjoy this one last time <laughs> and what else should they do eric codiman uh they should uh reach out to ash crossan so she can be on this show and then <laughs> stay bombad all right man stay bombad peace